Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I don't know about you, but I love the Christmas season. I love Christmas messages as we get to focus on the, the birth of Jesus. And if you have your Bibles today, I want you to open up to our passage that we've been focusing on. It was written 700 years before Jesus came by a prophet by the guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah writes this passage that is so famous connected with Scripture with uh, the, the, the coming of Jesus and his, and his birth. And what he does is he announces not just his title and what he will do to the world, but also what he will do to your life. So we're taking it, we're contextualizing and putting it connected to your life. And I love these, these passages. I love this story where it connects to what God wants to do in your life today. So I thought we should all read it. We should all read it out loud. Why don't we do it together at every location? It's a famous verse, so let's say it together. Ready? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Why don't we start from the he shall be called, but let's say it loud. Ready? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've been looking, last week we started with him as our Wonderful Counselor, that he wants to help you with the issues in your life, the sicknesses in your life, moving you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And then I ended the message by talking about the fact that he doesn't want to just hear about your issues. He wants to deal with your issues because he's a mighty God. He's capable of dealing with whatever you're going through today. And today, you can write it down in your notes as we continue this message, which, by the way, for Christmas Eve, I'll be talking about how Jesus is our Prince of Peace. If you know some people who are lacking peace in their life, bring them to church. It's going to be super important. But today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how Jesus is our everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. It's interesting, the paradox in this, that he says a son will be born, and the son will be a father, will be somebody that'll step into your life. It's all about family. Uh, the idea of father sometimes is messed up at Christmas, and some of you have really good memories of your dad. Some of you have really bad memories of your dad. You know, Hollywood has done its part of introducing good fathers to us during the Christmas season, and I thought it'd be a little bit of fun to play a little game with you guys and see if you know some of these famous Hollywood fathers. Now, I don't want to know their, the actor's name. I want to know what, if you know the name of the person in the movie, like the actual character, okay? So I'm going to give you some of them, and, and these are some of my favorites, and see if you can know their, their movie names, okay? Not the actor's name, the movie's name. So if you're really good, you'll get some of these. These are some of my favorites. All right, here's the first one. Y'all know this guy? Come on. Oh, shout it out at every location. What's his name? Clark Griswold, now that's a good dad right there, if you ask me. He's one of my favorites right there. All right, this next one's tough. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll get it. Let's try it. Here's another one. Anybody know who this guy is? All right. Some, oh, I heard a couple names. Shout him out at St. Pete. Come on. His name is George Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody know what the actor's name is? Jimmy Stewart. Very good. Okay, that's a good Hollywood dad right there. All right, let's do another one. Anybody know this guy? That's a good Christmas movie, if you don't know what this Christmas movie is. It's from the movie Jingle All the Way, and his name in the movie is Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> Said the Terminator. That is not his name. That's funny, though. It's Howard Langston. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger right there. All right, let's do a couple more. This guy right here. Does anybody know what his name is? Oh, come on. It's close. Come on, say it out loud, say it loud at every location. 
His name is Peter McAllister. Come on, Mr. McAllister right there. Which, by the way, have you ever thought about how wealthy this guy should have, uh, like was? Taking his whole vacation and all their friends and all their family all to vacation. I'm like, and forgetting his kids. Like, this guy has some major money. Anyway, side story right there. All right, one more. Come on, let's give you another one. Does anybody know who this guy is? There it is, John McClain, diehard, great Christmas baby for you right there. <laughs> you know, the idea of father is so prevalent in the, in the society and honestly is so connected with Christmas. And, and for many of you, the idea of those movies brings you some, some smiles and some memories. But a lot of you guys, if we were honest today, the idea of father at Christmas is something that brings up some real painful or some really hurtful issues we live in a generation today that is being named as the fatherless generation. We're one in three homes right now are children being raised without a biological father present in the home. This is a big issue. I read a stat the other day that 35, dad, the average dad gives 35 seconds of undivided attention to their children every single day. 35 seconds. I would state to you today that the issues that we have in our society with a lack of ethics and a lack of morals and a lack of standing on truth is all connected with a breakdown that first happens in the home with the lack of a father that is present. The fathers are needed in our world today. They're needed as part of Christmas. And, and I want to introduce to you today, many of you guys that have had bad father experiences, a heavenly father that loves you so much, that cares for you so much, and that wants to be involved in your Christmas this year. Before I do that, let me just say this. I, I get to hear the stats and the, the sad um, stories of people without fathers and struggle and fathers. But I want, you to say, I, want to know, I want you to know this. As the pastor of Radiant Church, I'm proud of the fathers at Radiant Church. I'm proud. Of, in, a, in a world that calls them the deadbeat dads and, and, and the, the ones that have kind of given up and are all career driven, at Radiant Church, our fathers are active. They are present. They are taking their kids to church. They are showing up and serving. I see it every week. And we're proud of you dads for what you've done. Actually, let's do this in every location. I know it's not even Father's Day, but what a great time to honor. How about we do this at every location? You're a dad, a spiritual dad, a granddad. Why don't you stand to your feet right now? And we just want to honor you and love on you this Christmas because you're making a difference. Oh, come on, Radiant Church. They're making a big difference. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for sure. I know how hard it is. I got four kids at home. I know how hard it is to be a dad. And I want you to know it's a big deal. And many of you guys are sitting there going, well, Aaron, I didn't have a good upbringing and I had bad issues with my father growing up. I want you to know that no matter what your, your previous experience has been, you've been connected now to a new family, to a new father that I want to introduce you today. Romans says it this way. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You're not a slave. You're not, you're not someone that's disconnected. You're not a hired hand. No, no, instead... You received God's spirit when he adopted. I love that verse right there. He adopted you. You know what that means? He chose you as his own children. You're no, you're no longer disconnected. You're owned by God. You're, you've been adopted by him. And now we can call him, right? Look at this phrase, Abba, Father. We can come to him as a father today. So, so I know a lot of you have this disconnect between God as our father because of issues in your 
your earthly fathers, whether it's abuse or neglect or abandonment or a disconnection, I want you to know today that this Christmas, he wants to introduce himself in your life as an everlasting father, a father that'll never leave you, he will never forsake you, he will never let you down, he is always present with you no matter what you're going through. We have a good father in our life. Can I hear a good amen today, church? So, so no matter your preconceived ideas of father, let me introduce him today as an as a everlasting father, and let me show you what this means in your life today. Number one, you can write it down this way, that our everlasting father is compassionate towards our concerns. He's compassionate towards our concerns. He runs the universe. He knows everything that's going on. He's in the midst of every tragedy and every struggle, yet he's compassionate about the concerns that you're dealing with in your life today. That's a big deal. I've got four children that are seven and under, and to be honest, their concerns are not really big deals. They're not, you know, they're not dealing with financial issues and struggles that you deal with in life. You know, I'll pick them up, they're kind of a hybrid homeschool program, so I'll pick them up once in a while from school, and I'll ask them about how's their day going and what's going on in their life, and it's interesting the problems that they've dealt with. Oh, I lost my pencil today in class, couldn't find it. You know, oh, oh man, Sally was playing on the playground and she was playing with her other friends, but I don't want to play that game, so I played a different game on the playground. I'm sitting there listening to this as I deal with the issues that I have to deal with. Can you imagine in that moment that I interrupt my seven-year-old or my five-year-old as they're talking about the issues that they dealt with, the bad dream they had or the struggle at math class, and I interrupted it and go, excuse me, excuse me, do you know who I am? Do you know the important things that your father does? I, I am the leader of one of the greatest churches in America. We are going into the Christmas season. This is a big deal for us. I have sermon preparation. We're, we're doing big things for God. We've got a lot of stuff going on. I, I understand what you're going through, but let me tell you, what I am dealing with is way too big for us at this moment. No, no, no. No father in their right mind would do that. Despite what is he's dealing with, when their child is coming to them with an issue, that is the most important thing at that moment. I'm leaning into it. I'm, I'm asking them questions. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how they can problem solve this. I care greatly. And I want you to know today, this is the same with your heavenly father. Write it down your notes this way. God is never annoyed or overwhelmed by your issues. I think there's so many people they don't present their request to God because they just honestly think they're like, well, God, God's got bigger fish to fry. He's got bigger issues to deal with. He's got bigger struggles that he's dealing with. And, and my stuff is too small or, or it seems too overwhelming. There's no way God can come through. I want you to know he's a good father that cares a lot about your issues. He, the Bible says that when he looks at you, he looks at you with compassion. Psalm 100 verse 3, I mean chapter 103 says it like this. He says, as a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord, our, our heavenly Father, has compassion on those who fear him. So you have this relationship with him. I want you to know, he looks down on you and you're not an annoyance. You're not, you're not a bother to him. You're not, you're not sitting there coming to him and he's going, oh man, I guess, I guess I'll stop what I'm doing here and come deal with your issue if you're gonna make a big deal about it. No, 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 no. He's a father that's leaning in, saying, what can I do? How can I help you in this moment? Jesus said it this way. I want you to show you how he said it. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. I think about that with my children. They're not ever waking up one morning going, oh, man, the mortgage is coming up. 
Man, I wonder how this is going to work. How is it going to work in the, this new uh, health care and this issue? No, my kids don't worry about that. Why? Because they have a good father that's taking care of them. They, they have somebody that's on their side. He says, listen, don't worry about your life. Don't even worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't, don't worry about the, the, the issues that you're going to go through. It's not life more than food and your body more than clothes. And that's important to know right here during Christmas. Life is more than food. I know a lot of you guys are just enjoying your time right now. But then he says it like this, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. And yet, look what he says. You're what? Oh, say it loud. You're what? Your heavenly father feeds them. And then he asks this question, ready? Are you not much more valuable than they? And here's the answer to that question. Yes, you are. You are way more valuable than they are. And that means no matter what you're going through in your life, I want you to know God cares deeply about it. I wrote it in my notes this way. I want you to write it down. If it is a problem for you, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to that anxiety, when it comes to your health, when it comes to whatever struggle you're going through, I want you to know if it's a problem for you, it's a priority for God. That's a good place to say amen. I know you're writing it down. Now that you've got done writing it down, how about we say it together? Ready? If it is a problem for you, it is a priority for God. Let's say it louder. Ready? If it is a problem for you, it is a priority for God. One more time in every location. If it is a problem for you, it is a priority for God. We gotta remember this, that he's not, he's not frustrated with us, but he welcomes your issues into his life because I want to remind you, he can do more of them than you can. Can we give him a little bit of praise today? That's the good father that we have in heaven. All right, number two, let me just remind you of this. Our everlasting father cares enough to confront. Now, this is an important role that he plays in your life. Now, I know it's a little controversial, but let me just be very honest with you. I was raised in the age where I was spanked as a child. And um, it worked pretty well. My parents were pretty proud of it. They, they did a good job of that. And I, I, I understand that not everybody does that today. I understand it's controversial. You know, by the way, if you don't discipline your kids, listen, we don't need you to tell us that or write it online. We watch them at Radiant Kids. We know exactly... <laughs> We know exactly who you are already. So, that's funny. <laughs> another story for another day. But you know, I remember my parents, they, they, they were pretty strict, uh, and they disciplined me a lot. And I was just kind of a rotten kid. Like, I really was. I know it's sad to say, but I really was. I was getting in trouble all the time. So every time my parents, my mom would kind of pick me up from school, and the principal would call us into the office, call in the office, Aaron did this, and Aaron did this, and Aaron's got another detention. And, you know, it's issue after, I was just always in trouble, especially those elementary, early middle school days. So my, uh, my, my mom would drive me home and say, you know what? She's like, she's like you're going to get a spanking when you get home. And she would say this statement. She would say, Aaron, you just wait till your dad gets home. He's going to take care of you. Come on, how many had those moments growing up? Like, put the fear of God in you. So I'm sitting there, I would beg and plead with her, Mom, Mom, please, I honor you, I love you, I need this spanking from you, Mother. <laughs> no, 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 she wasn't buying it. She knew, she knew it just didn't work when she did it, but there's something about when Dad came home, and so I would sit there in that room, and every minute felt like hour after hour after hour, and so I would sit there and wait, and, and I learned a trick. Now, now my family, we were, we were from Louisiana, they do weird stuff in Louisiana. So I went and get another little belt. I'd get a crawfish paddle. You don't know what a crawfish paddle is, Google it. That's how your pastor is who he is today, okay? Like, 
So, so he would come in with his crawfish paddle. Now, I learned a lesson. Now, don't tell your kids this. They're going to they're gonna steal it. If, this is why they should be in Radiant Kids right now. I learned a lesson. And what you would do is, I, before my dad got home, I would sit on this wooden chair in my room. And I would pull my body against it, my butt against it, to, for a good 15 minutes, just nonstop. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like, my hand's shaking as I'm pulling it so close. Because my whole goal was just to numb my butt enough. To where I didn't feel the pain. It was awesome. It worked. It was amazing. But my dad would walk into the room, and I was always so, like, oh, man, he's going he's gonna to spank me. And he would always say this statement right before he disciplined me, and it drove me nuts. And he would say, you know what it is? This is going to hurt me more than it hurts. And I would say, then let's switch roles. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's do a deal. I don't want you to have to deal with that, Dad. <laughs> And I never understood it until I became a parent. I never got it until I became a parent because no parent, no loving father wants to inflict pain or discipline onto their children. We only want them happy. We only want them them enjoying life. There's nobody that wants it. But what I've learned is that pain is gonna be experienced one way or another. It's either gonna be experienced in discipline or in life consequences later. That's good preaching for somebody in here today. I'm glad my parents inflicted it early on in discipline and, and, and withdrew the phone and, and put me in timeout and, and, and did discipline to me so that I didn't have to deal with the painful consequences later in life that are gonna come. And this is the same thing about your heavenly father. Your heavenly father loves you enough to once in a while to discipline you, to correct you. And I know it's hard to hear at times, but he does it because he loves you. Hebrews says it like this. He says, my son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't brush it off. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't, don't avoid it. He says, he says, don't lose heart when he rebukes you because, listen, the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves. He chastens everybody who he accepts as his son. So if you feel like, man, God's always correcting me. He's always correcting my thoughts. He's always correcting my attitudes and my motives. He does it because he loves you. The Bible goes on to say, endure hardship like this, as, as discipline, because God is treating you as his own children. I love this. And, and are not all children disciplined by their father? And the answer to that is a resounding, no, they're not. And that's why we have issues in the world today. So, so what I do with my heavenly father is I embrace it. I embrace it because I understand what he's correcting in a moment is a way for him to help me avoid pain in the future. So as he corrects that thought, it's hard for me to, to go, okay, oh, I shouldn't have thought that way, I shouldn't have thought that. But maybe he knew that if he didn't correct the thought right then, it could lead to an affair later. Does that make sense? He, he's correcting you and he's saying, listen, listen, forgive that person right now. You go, well, I don't want to forgive them. Forgive them right now. He's disciplining you. Forgive them right now. And what, he doesn't, what you don't understand is he's correcting you right now because he doesn't want you to deal with a life of bitterness later. He's correcting you. You've felt this before. You're about to post that thing on Facebook, and he's saying, don't put that on Facebook. But it's going to get a lot of laughs. It's going to be a fun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to show off how good I look. And he, he knows a few years down the road, if you don't endure the correction now, eventually you'll be sitting in a job interview, and that'll come up one day or another. Do you see? He, listen, write it down your notes. When we em- embrace current pain, we avoid future problems. 
So, so that's why when it comes to my heavenly father, I embrace the correction. I embrace what he wants me to do in my life because I know he's only doing it for my love. He's only doing it for my good. And he's only doing it because he wants the best in store for our lives. He wants to move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Sometimes he's just got to bump you a little bit to get you on the right path so he could be all that he's called you to be. Can we give him a little bit of praise? That's the father we have in heaven. Amen. All right. Here's the third one, and we'll close it out with this. And a lot of you guys are going to write me off as soon as I say this. Because you're going to say, oh, Aaron, I already know that. And I want you to lean into it because I believe, and this is a word from God today. I believe someone needs to hear it again. And you've forgotten it, and you've rejected it, and you need to be reminded of it. Ready? Write it down. Our Heavenly Father is crazy in love with us. This is a, a true good father is madly in love with their children. I remember when my baby girl was born, my very first child. I mean, if you're a parent, you remember those days. Like, it is, it's, I, I remember as soon as I held that baby in my arms, I mean, she looked like a little alien, but it, she just is so, she was my alien. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm holding her in my arms, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I'd give my life for this child. I'd do anything for her. I went and bought a gun just because I realized this kid's gonna be 16 years old one day. I gotta protect her. I'll do anything for her. You know, Katie and I would just walk in the room at night sometimes, still do it all. Like, I just walk in and just check on them and just look at them sleeping. Like, I'm creepy. You know what I mean? I'll probably stop it when they become a, like, teenager, maybe a young adult. I'm not sure. But you know what I mean? I might show up when they're married and just look in their window and just go look out for you. I'm not going to do that. That's weird. I just... I'm just madly in love with these kids, you know? And, and, and one of the ways that I, that I just, I just, I, I, I think about them all the time. I'm, I'm, I give my life for them. That's the real good father. And that's the father we have in heaven when it comes to you. Bible says it this way. It says, see what great love the father has lavished on us. How, how, what do we see? We see the goodness in our life. We see the blessing that he's put in our life. We see the salvation that he gave us. We see he went to the cross for us. We see the love that he lavished on us and that we shall be called what? Children of God, because that is what we are. And I, I, I have to t remind somebody in here today that your, your earthly father might have rejected you. Your parents might have given up on you. You might not have ever heard the words before, but I want to remind you in here, God is madly crazy in love with you. He cares for you. He's passionate about you. He's our heavenly father, and he loves you so much. And we need to embrace him as our father this Christmas. And he loves us so much. There's a little phrase that went kind of viral a couple months ago. I thought I'd give it to you today. It's right there in your notes where it's the difference between religion and the gospel. Religion says I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. And I remember those days at time where I walked in fear and my dad's going to kill me. He's, he's, all, he, he's against me. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is I messed up. i got to call my dad. What if we changed our perspective this Christmas and looked at Jesus, not just as God of the universe, not as just a counselor, but as a father who desperately wants to be involved in our lives? I just want to remind you today, God is madly in love with you. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I had a hard time, even the idea of having a second child, because I thought there's no way I could love a kid as much as I love my first child. 
I, I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're a parent, you understand that. You, you have this wrestling where you go, I would love to have other children, but there's no way I could give the attention or the love like I would. And it's crazy. As soon as I had that second child, my heart just grew even more. So that's why people are like, well, God, you know, you say God loves me, but God loves everybody. No, no, no. When you came into this planet, his heart just grew a little bit more because he loves you even that much more. He, he's, got, he's got space for you. He's got a place for you. The relationship between Jesus and the heavenly father is very unique in the New Testament. And I just want to end with this story. We only hear of Jesus being talked to verbally by his heavenly father twice in the scriptures. So two times there was instances, the first one when Jesus was baptized, the second one was on the Mount of Transfiguration, where the heavens opened, God spoke down from heaven and said something verbally, audibly, where everybody could hear. Now, if there's only two times, I want to know what they are. And both times, he said the exact same thing. Now, this is important for you to understand, because in every relationship, there has to be a moment where you do what we call DTR. Anybody know what DTR stands for? All right, nobody. Okay, let me help you. All right, DTR means you have to define the relationship. So DTR means if you and this girl are dating and you go, I don't know if she likes me, I don't know if she's not, I don't know, I don't know if this is going somewhere. Eventually you have a conversation where you go, hey, hey, it's time to DTR. It's time, like me and Katie had to have this moment. We were like back and forth, back and forth. And finally I was like, no, 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 DTR. Let's define this relationship. Where is this going? Which by the way, some of y'all are sitting next to someone that refuses to DTR. Just kind of nudge them right now. The Lord's speaking to you right now. Yeah. Help the conversation go along, okay? So with you and God, if you're gonna wait for a moment, here's your moment. God sent me here today to DTR the relationship with you. So you, you might be confused. What does God want from me? What does God think about me? Well, let's hear what God actually said without Jesus ever performing a miracle, ever doing ministry before he started anything God spoke, and I believe it's the same words God would speak over to you today as our Heavenly Father. He says this, this is my son, or you could put in there, this is my daughter. This is, I, I'm his son, I'm his daughter, and whom I love. He wants he's, he's to give affection to you. He, he cares about you, and by the way, and whom I am well pleased. It's, it's not your works that he's pleased in, it's in who you are that he's pleased in. So I want you to know today, way too many Christians are working for the pleasure of God. We work from the pleasure of God. God has already said who I am. I am loved. I am his son. I am loved by him, and I'm well pleased in his sight. So because of that, I will walk from this place of pleasure into my calling because that is who God says I am. Can we honor our Heavenly Father today? Can we stand and worship Him today? He's a God who loves us, who cares for us. Let's put our focus on Him.
with everybody at every location. Stay standing for just a second. Stay standing. Nobody moving around. This is a moment where your heavenly Father wants to minister to you right now. This Christmas season, I believe more than anything, you need to feel the love and the affection and the, the pleasure of God himself over your life. He loves you. Your earthly father might not have ever been there. He's there for you. Your earthly father might have abandoned you. God will never abandon you. This Christmas season, you go, well, Aaron, I feel that void because my father's not here. Let me tell you, your heavenly father is here with you at all times, and he's close to us today. Heavenly Father, would you begin to minister to your people today at every location? People who are hurt and broken and struggling. Lord, thank you that you are close to us in this moment. As the Lord is ministering to your life right now, there's other people here who, you're away from God. You don't have that relationship with him. I want you to know, you too can be a son or daughter of God. As the scripture said, you can be adopted in. You go, well, how do I do that, Aaron? It's a decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. It's one decision in faith, saying, God, I give you my life, I give you my sin, I accept what you did on the cross. And Jesus forgives you in that moment, makes you into a new creation, and puts you part of a brand new family. I think that's what you need this Christmas. There's a lot of people in here today, and that's you. Today's your day of a decision to follow Jesus, and it'll change your whole life. Why don't let it start right now? On the count of three, if that's you, we're not, we're not gonna have you do anything weird other than raise your hand and wave it at me in just, just a second. I want, you, I want to know who you are at every location because there's a moment right now where God's gonna respond as soon as you raise a hand and he's gonna come into your life and change your life in an amazing way. Ready, one, two, three. Throw that hand up at every location. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. People all over this place, thank you. At Brandon, St. Pete, Heights, wave it at me, thank you. Just pray this prayer, say God, I give you my life, give you my sin, my struggle, my issues. God, I wanna be part of your family today. I make a decision to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Adopt me in and let me have this relationship with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate dozens of lives changed for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? All right, here's what I want you to do. You can be seated. We're going to dismiss in just a second. But at every location, if that's you, you just check that connection card. I mean, you just uh, made that decision. I want you to take that connection card. I want you to check on there. I committed my life to Christ. This is an opportunity for us to follow up with you, to help you on this journey. It's not a one-time decision. We're gonna help you make move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And I want you to know, we're proud of you for making that decision. Radiant Church, can we show them we're proud of them? That's a big deal, they made that decision. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. Radiant Church, you are second to none. We are ending this year the greatest year we've ever had as a church. Not just in outreach and missions and giving. We have been able to see more done this year than we've ever seen done before. And it's because of two reasons. Because of God's grace and your consistent generosity. Thank you for being faithful to that. If you haven't given to Legacy, remember you can give by the end of the year. Thank you for your faithfulness in that. I believe by God's grace we're going to be close to passing one million dollars towards our legacy giving this year alone come on that's unbelievable by god's grace so thank you for giving in that you can give till the end of december 31st and and we're gonna see what god does through that giving it's gonna make a big impact in 2020 thank you for staying faithful in your generosity lives are being changed for eternity because of it lord bless the givers of this church they are so faithful to you lord as they give to you through their tithes and 
and then they're above and beyond giving through legacy. I pray a blessing over them. Let them end this year strong. Lord, I pray for jobs and promotions and breakthrough. Let 2020 be their greatest year of blessing that they've ever experienced before. And it started because they started putting you first. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.